welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Joining me this afternoon, um, I have a multifaceted creative. Um, she is a uh, brand and social media strategist. Um, she has several aliases um, that she works under, All Natural G, um, Gaining Visuals, as well as her um, DJ work she does with um, open box events. Um, I'm so she's got a lot going on. And, uh, I'm excited to uh, it, also, yeah, I actually left something out. She's a video editor with Lion Arts Media. Um, that was a close one. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm excited to talk to her about her passions, her artistry, and why she does what she does. Nadina, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> I know that's like the most common response. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. It's, uh, a lot of people go into this not knowing what to expect. So sometimes that's like all you really can say. Yeah. Um, well, to start, uh, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I have a, a good problem where the once COVID hit, I kind of went hard in the paint because I knew with being an entrepreneur um, with gaining visuals that I need to have half online and half in person. So obviously in person got taken away. So I kind of went hard in the paint for online. And because of that, I got a lot of clients for online, but now all my in-person clients are coming back. So I'm getting pretty booked and I'm trying to figure out how to manage my time with all the different things that I do. Um, so right now, Earlier today, I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but I talked with my aunt today, and I just feel much calmer. I saw Tenet yesterday. Okay. I'm a film fanatic. I love Christopher Nolan. Every work that he's done, Inception is my bay. And if okay. anyone hasn't seen that yet, I need people to watch it so we can talk about it. Oh, I'll have to watch it. Um, I love movies, too, and I usually wait until the end of the year to watch, like, everything good that came out that year and so I'll have to I'll put that one at the top for sure yeah <laughs> um yeah I like interstellar I love interstellar that's a lot. the one that I can't I, I just don't like space movies you know like some people don't like certain categories like romantic comedies for me outer space movies it's just it just doesn't hit the same I think that's why I've prolonged which my mentor is going to kill me. I still haven't started the Star Wars um, series. I, honestly, I, you, you can hold off on that. It's not, I think it's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, I get the appeal. Yeah. It makes sense because you said you don't really like the whole space opera bullshit, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I never was a big Star Wars fan. I mean, it's cool, but. I was, I always liked Lord of the Rings more. I think I've seen Lord of the Rings, not The Hobbit, if I'm correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Hobbit's like the newer one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, for me, that category of film I can't get into are heist films. Mm. Like, mm. I never got into like the Oceans Yeah. Um, not a big... Uh, not a huge like James Bond guy. Not really like, yeah, I don't know. I just not super in, that's not the kind of thrill that really is appeals it the, to me. Is it the, the storytelling aspect or the act of like 
sneaking around, stealing things, what? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just not um, exciting enough. Like, Interesting. I, yeah, I don't have the patience for it or... <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but, you know, there's um, plenty of movies I love that I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't really fuck with. So, you know, you, you, uh, you give and take, you know. That's why there's so many categories. You got to find yeah. your people. <laughs> you like uh, horror movies? Um, I'm more of a, see, that's where it depends on what you call horror. I'm kind of a G-mile when it comes to films. Um, Tarantino, I just watched, because someone recommended me to watch The Hateful Eight. I just watched that like this week. I was like, I can't, like, I, I appreciate it, but yeah. the gore, the blood, all of that, I was just like, mm, uh, I don't need to watch this ever again. I do like paranormal activity, though. Like, I like small little nuances that scared you, but not like uh, you need a makeup artist or a full set to do it. Like something where it's like subtle, scary, that can happen at any moment, jump scares type vibe, but not, um, What's that one movie? Final Destination. Not like that. Like, oof, no. Oh, yeah. I I never watched those movies. It <laughs> seemed like the most ridiculous concept. Like, I'd see, like, scenes of it, like, on YouTube, but I'd, I've never watched a full movie mm. of those. Yeah. I, yeah, I like horror movies a lot. Um, that, see, that's the kind of suspense and thrill I like. Um because I feel like I've always sort of been like, in my life, like I've always been kind of like a fearful person in mm. a lot of ways. And it kind of like is a good way to like um, validate those emotions, but in a way that you know, it's just a movie. Yeah. And uh, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I like movies that just make you think really critically. I feel that retweet <laughs> Re retweet yeah um yeah hatefully it wasn't it was definitely not tarantino's best but the one the most recent tarantino movie once upon a time in hollywood i really liked that one i'd recommend yeah. that one i've heard good things about that one and hey, we can talk about movies all day but we're re what we're really here to talk about you know <laughs> um what we talk about in mr nice guy we talk love and fear passion and creativity and um, I think I think we've met in the past. Um, I, I like probably at like a show or an event or something. Passing. I definitely am involved in the Milwaukee community for sure. Being a native, it's it's hard not to. Hell yeah, yeah. It comes with the territory. <laughs> yeah. So, but I I've seen that like you know you have like a really strong internet presence and that you know you do um you focus on a lot of like creative marketing in your work i saw that you went to my ad um so you know i just think that uh creatives that are well versed in with various mediums are often some of the best ones you know we can learn from so i'm excited to kind of hear about uh everything it is you do but first where, where we'll start is i guess like when you were younger so you said you're from Born and raised in Milwaukee. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? Yeah. So <laughs> I love this question. Um, 
because it's not, I still want to be this. Uh, this is gonna be my retiring job, but I wanted to be a librarian. I was not uh, the traditional kid. Like even though I was a tomboy, like I still enjoyed like Ben 10, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. Um, I did not, like I, even though I had dolls and stuff like that, I was more focused on like puzzles, reading, Sudoku, and like really Gmod things. But I fell in love with the library because um, when I was, let's say seven or eight, I won the summer reading contest. And it was something I was very, very proud of, but it was a big deal because at that time, I don't know if they still do it or not, but at that time I went to Sherman Park's library to like pick up my prize. Um, but little did I know that it was literally like a whole celebration. So when I walked in, this librarian came in, she's like, uh, cause my mom went up to the desk and then she grabbed me and pulled me in. And they're like, oh my God, like you're our super reader of the summer. And it was like a whole celebration. I don't know if I'm embellishing it because I was a kid, but I remember confetti and basketballs and all these toys being tossed my way. And they're like, also you get to do this photo shoot. So I was in a magazine and I was just like, wow, like librarians have the coolest jobs ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then I was like, I love reading. And I really wanted to focus on that. Um, but I went to art schools my whole life. I went to the Scara, then I went to Roosevelt, and then I went to High School of the Arts. And I played piano since I was a kid. Um, and then I picked up bass and guitar. And so that library dream kind of got put off to the side. I was a part of the teen advisory board and I was the president for a couple of years um, where we like create events at the library to show like how fun it was, but it, once I got to high school and I started thinking about colleges, um, my librarian friend, I was like, yo, like, I'm thinking about going to school for library science. And she was like, don't do it. And I was like, what? And she was like, get your bachelor's in whatever you want, because your bachelor's in library science is going to be redundant because you have to get a master's. And so she was like, do whatever your heart desires for your bachelor's and then get your master's to be a specialized librarian and you'll get more money and all that stuff. So then I was like, okay, what am I gonna do? And so that's how I ended up going to my ad. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's a long one to answer. Condensed story, yeah. Um, hey, well, for one, uh, for, all, uh, for all intents and purposes, hey, we're still kids, you know? I. <laughs> I still feel like a kid most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm 24, but you know, <laughs> it's, you know, you got to retain that, that childlike imagination, you know, um, that's important, but also, um, yeah, it's, it's dope that, you know, you were so like, um, like enamored with the library as a kid. Um, I remember like, I don't read as an adult. Like it's been a really long time since like, I've actually like read a book, but I used to read a lot as a kid too. And did you, did your um, school, like, did you guys have to do like that, like required reading, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like where you had to like read a book and then like take a quiz on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 We, I remember it's like, we had to read like three every year, like yep. at least three. And um get so like uh nervous for those quizzes like i um because like i always wanted to, i oh i was really competitive with that shit you know like because <laughs> <Same. laughs> yeah, yeah, 
your scores like will get compiled like how many points you earn in your class like gets compiled on a list yep, and, and like i was <laughs> yeah i was like upset like i was um i was like ahead of everyone for a while and uh, i um yeah, I, I was I took that shit real seriously too. Yeah. So I know that's gonna be my retiring job for sure. Even though my dad, he's always like, the library is gonna be robots by then, and I'm just like, I don't think so. I really don't. <laughs> Hell no, no. I I think that's still like a really awesome like um, kind of background goal you you know still hold on to for sure. Um, so. Uh, you so you went to Myad and you studied. What did you study? Yeah, I had a little. I had a rough journey at Myad. I my degree ended up being film and animation, um, but it's underneath the wing of new studio practice and the minor of digital media production. Myad doesn't have a film program, um, so it was really hard to navigate creating. But I do appreciate it because that's what led me into social media marketing. Um, I intentionally went to Maya trying to do interior architecture and design, but one of the teachers literally ripped my piece, like my, my uh, mock-up loft to shreds, like literally. And I was like, I am not built for this. <laughs> Why? Why because would it was, I think it was a 16th of an inch off um, from the scale. Cause you have to be like pretty precise when it comes to making a model and he's just like, yep, this is not the right size. You have to change this, you have to move that. And I just sat there and I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. That shit would probably make me cry. Yeah, I, my skin is not thick enough for that. So then I was like, okay, what can I do? So then I went into photography, but then during critiques, everybody was ripping me to shreds. Cause for me, photography, I didn't think anything of it other than just taking a picture and going and people were like well what's the concept what does it mean and i'm like i just took a picture of the radio what do you mean <laughs> until one critique uh, this one guy was like why don't you just make it move if you feel like you're not taking us on the path like do a video and i was like what what and i made my first short film and i was like stuck like i loved it i liked holding people's hands because um, i think that's what makes my photography now different than back then is i still take the same mindset as I do with filmmaking when I think of concepts for photography. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I well, I think that's kind of like, it's cool that, you know, you sort of just found your footing from that trial and it ended up like, you know, going down the avenue, just taking it even further yeah. than just you know, snapping pictures, which can be an artful way of expression for sure. Um, but I feel like kind of similar to you, like I always connected more with like, yeah, like ocean pictures too. Um, I don't feel like I'm, I, I wouldn't, like me personally, I've never been confident enough in just like my ability to like, you know, put context to like still pictures in the way that like, would make sense to other people and not just to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes some practice for sure and heart. <laughs> you have to really fall in love with the story. Yeah. What um, editing software did you start with? Um, I'm supposed to say Windows Movie Maker. Uh, 
but I don't think I actually exported anything while I was using it because I started a YouTube my senior year of high school. Um, but then, yeah, I don't think I've ever exported on that platform. So then I had to do Premiere Pro um, mm -hmm. because Adobe came with the tuition at Maya. So that's been my bay. I've been slowly learning um, Avid because that's like, industry standard and I've been asked to do a few different films, but I'm not very proficient at it yet. So I've been watching a lot of tutorials. Um, so I'm like taking baby steps, but Premiere seems to be like all my favorite editors, they they are still using Premiere. So that's the one I'm like living on right now. Hell yeah, that's what I used to. <laughs> I started with Final Cut Pro in high school. I took broadcasting. That was the one we learned on, but Premiere is very similar. Um, really it's I mean it's it's versatile like you can do a lot with it but you can also keep things really simple with yep. it too you know yeah um, so once after school like um, you know what were some kind of projects like you made that like you know stuck out to you in your time at, at school that yeah. yeah I would say my junior year was the most influential year for me um, so the fall semester, my junior year, we had to make like a body of work. And at that time I was like really depressed and I just got over a breakup. And I just feel like I like, even though I was making a few short films, I didn't feel like there was any purpose to it. Um, I don't like pre-production and production. I, I learned during that time that I liked post-production. I liked. Um, sitting down, compiling things, putting it all together. But that that body of work, I don't know what I called it. Um, but I remember there was a few different things because I was also preparing to move to San Francisco uh, because I did an exchange program with Mayad where you can go to another school for a semester or a year underneath the same tuition. And so under the energy of being depressed and not knowing what I was going to do, I'm going to move half across the state. And so I had to work well, I, I worked four jobs and I was full-time in school. And so I had a pretty intense schedule. Um, yeah, and, no kidding. <laughs> so I was waking up at 4 a.m. and I was going to sleep at like one. Um, like I started my day like pretty early and then I, I got off work at like midnight. And so that was my routine for three months. And during that time, I made a body of work to like embody that, like me trying to like basically pretend like I was happy. And so one of the things that I was doing was speaking affirmations because um, self-care is like really important for me. And I think during that time is when I figured it out, but affirmations was something that I was learning. I would wake up in the day and I would say affirmations and then I would go to sleep listening to YouTube affirmations. And so I made a few different pieces. Um, I think the first one was like the affirmations for the relationship I was mourning. And that was a video. And then the second one I did, um, I did, cause I used to write, we had studios there. So I used to write affirmations on post-it notes. So I ended up doing an installation piece where I wrote out my favorite affirmations and I installed them in the elevator. Cause I was also like super obsessed with surveillance and whatnot. Um, but I ended up doing 1200 post-it notes and I realized like I started super neat. And then by the end, like you could barely read it because like, I was just like 
I am calm. I am happy. I have a bucket of money. And it was just crazy. And so during that critique, everybody was just like, I just, it's crazy to see like where you started and where you ended. And that was kind of actually how I felt during the day where I woke up and I'm like, I have an abundance of money. Like people love me for me. I exist in happiness. And then at the end of the day, I'm listening to this these people because if you've ever listened to affirmation videos they're like super you are like super <laughs> like massage therapist type voice yeah. and it was the day i was in my bed and i always had it in my ear because i was trying to also manifest the money to like fly out to san francisco so just hearing that i would just always be annoyed but i knew i needed it um subconsciously so i can keep going and so by the end I, I made this video where it was this countdown and that piece still is one of my favorite pieces. Um, I think I called it like I am calm, but all these, all of these are on my YouTube too, for anyone who wants to watch just Nadina Granville on YouTube. But that piece I did a 20, I ideally wanted to do a 24 hour piece. Cause I really, I was interested in this one artist who um, he did a time piece and I can't remember his name right now, but he did a time piece and I believe it was in New York where the installation was open 24 hours and people could come in and it was clocks from movies in order from 24 hours and so oh, wow. i wanted to do a piece kind of like paying tribute to that because like i really enjoyed the aspect of having something run for 24 hours but for the sake of school i ended up doing um 24 minutes and basically i started with me saying those affirmations and then by the end of the last minute or two the whole video i'm just deteriorating um and so i listened to that not only because i still listen to affirmations when i go to sleep uh, but as a reminder of like how too much self-care can be problematic and yeah so that that body of work helped me realize when i moved to the bay area um to just take a break and really like just appreciate where I am yeah. creatively and just physically too. Oh yeah, that's so crucial. Um, yeah, I mean, that does sound like a really tumultuous period that you, you know, kind of, that obviously, I mean, it inspired you a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's just, that is so much. I can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> You had, yeah. you had four jobs and full-time student running on three hours of sleep. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, like that is, uh, that can, you know, deteriorate your, your, you know, mental and emotional health and even physical health sometimes. And like, um, yeah, I, and there's been times where like, I feel like I, like in college, uh, like overbooked myself a lot too, because I'm the kind of person who like just always needs something to do like mm -hmm. all the time. And if I have like any dead air in my day, it makes me anxious. Um, and, but like kind of burning out my junior year of college was what taught me like, no, it's okay to just like exist. And bask in simple pleasures. Mm -hmm. And uh, we as creatives like cannot never lose sight of that because it can have an adverse effect on our work for sure. Yeah, I remember someone telling me and I wish they, I don't remember who it was, but I remember someone saying like, it's okay to rest because even when you're resting as a creative, your brain is still 
thinking of like new concepts, new things. So you need that beat yeah. to like move forward. Cause sometimes you just need to like back away from it and then come, come back to it and you have a whole new way of looking at it. Oh yeah. Even like watching movies like can be inspiring music, you know, like yep. consuming content for enjoyment can also be very inspiring. And that's the outlook in life. Like I think is really good to have. So, um, how did uh, All Natural G, uh, where did that uh, come from? <laughs> uh, so, my YouTube originated from me being wanting to be a natural hair influencer. I, I permed my hair up until my junior year of high school, and then I transitioned my senior year, and then I was basically manifesting being an All Natural G um, during my college experience because i knew eventually i was going to be all natural but and i also liked one named people like beyonce shakira like yeah. i wanted one name so then i was like g like i really like g and yeah so now i'm i'm back to embracing adina granville and i don't know if i want to transition out of all natural g just because it was about natural hair but a lot of the the skills that i have come naturally too so I think I can rebrand it in that way. So it's not just hair, but it was because I had a hair YouTube. <laughs> sure. Okay. Nice. Um, and then, so um, how would your career continue manifesting after college? Yeah. So my ambitious goal is to win an Oscar for video editing um, because there's only been two black editors ever to be nominated for an Oscar. And, and that's for video editing specifically. And I think that's way too small. I think that's um, also comes with the field. A lot of people don't think about video editors when they think about filmmaking, but. Yeah, they only look at the front facing names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the video editor is the last storyteller. They're the one who like gets it to the people. Like right. even though the people who write the script and directed all that, they're a very important role the editor is the one who really pieces everything together. So um, I know that if it's not me, I would like to help someone else through teaching about video editing because uh, one of the biggest things that I'm gonna be transitioning into right now is dedicating like either, I haven't chose a platform yet, but whenever you look up video editing tutorials like Premiere Pro, for example, you find a cis white male. And I just think that's stupid. Not stupid. I think it's oversaturated. And there's someone who's looking for someone who looks like me, talks like me, sounds like me, who's pretty well versed in it. Um, and, you know, m filmmaking already is more cis white males in general, but showing off like that there are black women killing it <laughs> in this, this field. Um, yeah, so those are my two. Oh yeah, hey, that's that's awesome that you have the, that aspiration, and you're absolutely right. Like it is oversaturated with just it dominates the cultural industry too in so many ways. And I mean, even like I I look at myself a lot of time like I'm another white dude with a podcast. <laughs> and, uh, there's so many fucking white dudes with podcasts, and yeah, and I mean. I may, I may try to like, you know, platform lots of, you know, diversify my platform as much as I can, but at the end of the day, like, yeah. it is still like, you know, I had the privilege 
mm-hmm. like societal privilege to like have this platform and you know i want to see just the platform you know it should be allocated to a lot more black and brown folks to like make their voices like, heard it is it is slowly like the tide is definitely turning and like that is happening more and more but not anywhere near where it should be yeah so i'm glad that like you know you have like a really specific vision yeah. of like you know like <laughs> just dismantling like whiteness out of creative spheres too i mean um where did uh gaining visuals stem from yeah it was originally g productions because i was still holding on to g um and then i was like okay i just need a g word and you know there's quite a few different production companies but um i wanted it to not be video based because i knew eventually (laughs) i would get sick of making videos um so then I was like, I did a, I think I was, one of the jobs I was working at, um, which was a creative job, I was asking my coworkers like, hey, um, when you think of media or when you think of video, can you describe another word? And we had like basically a whole brainstorming session during the shift. And I knew I wanted a G word, so I just looked up like synonyms um, or G words or like synonyms for that. And I stumbled upon gaining uh, and I think there's something to that word where, like, no matter what, you're, like, you know, building or growing. Uh, and then someone said visuals, and I was like, yeah, because I do. No matter what I do, there's visuals attached to it. So then I just did gain visuals altogether. Um, so it leaves it open, but not, it's still closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where you're, like, you're constantly accumulating mm-hmm. more and more visuals you know (laughs) sure um so what like specific like like what is your mission and like what are your what do you do with the brand itself yeah so we're a media marketing company um and we help startups and small businesses build their brand so one of the the markets that i saw was with marketing specifically um, that a lot of people weren't reaching were startups and small businesses. You know, they don't have that $2,000 budget um, to get started on their brand. They barely have bought their domain name. And so I wanted to like really tap in. I'm really good at helping people figure out what they want to do. Um, and that's why brand strategy is like my biggest product service, I guess, um, that people come back for because it's only like 250 and it's very like accessible for people to obtain it. But I help you figure out your mission, like your target audience, your your brand colors, like all of that that most people who aren't a creative don't think about. Um, and I leave you with like a PDF of all of that stuff so you can look back at it and you have a, a marketing plan for your social media, you know, which platform is going well. So it's, it's just a three hour session, but it's pretty intense. And um, that has been like what has driven me because I really, as an influencer, um, I've learned that I really don't like, there, there's there, the impersonable touch when it comes to working with corporate companies. Um, I've always worked for small businesses. I advocate for them like strongly, but I've noticed that I leave once it goes into a corporate mindset. Um, And so I think there's something to, not only the excitement you have as a startup, like 
your your drive, your love for your idea, but then having someone like really push you to execute it. And it just so happens that I do videography, photography, animation, graphic design. So most of the people who are coming to me with brand strategy, like for a session, they're like, well, I trust you. You already know the brand. Can you execute it? And so that's where the media comes in. Uh, but I also have an abundance of people in which they, if I'm out of their budget, they can reach out to and get their logo done, get their website done. But we still do all of those things. And yeah, so I just want to, my, which is funny because I've ran away from teaching uh, quite a bit. But like one of the things recently, um, or at least within this year, I should say, that has been our mission is just to teach people about their brand and how to like share it with other people and it be clear that that's one of the things where when you're starting a business you're starting a brand you have like all these ambitious goals and you're super clouded i'm here to be like this is what you need to do and this is who yeah. you want to and sometimes we need someone outside of ourselves to do that <laughs> yeah um yeah absolutely uh, yeah sometimes it's like the most straightforward straightforward approach can broaden your reach. I mean, it's something that, you know, when someone's starting a brand, like, you know, a lot of times by starting a brand, it's like a lot of us don't know truly what we're getting ourselves into, you know, we're on to something, you know, but aren't totally, you know, we might not have like the, like the industry knowledge, the market knowledge, the understanding of like, you know, how um, algorithms work, you know, yep. stuff like that. Yeah, and economics of creativity um, to help people out. I mean, we need more of that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next thing, so are you in like a physical location? Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm trying to decide if I want a brick and mortar, um, but majority of the stuff, whenever I do a shoot or a video session, a lot of people want to go out anyway. So I'm working from home, but I don't know how necessary it is for me to have a brick and mortar, considering the only thing I do at home is probably editing, like photo editing or video editing. But other than that, like we're out in the world. But, um, and then with the virtual sessions, especially since I have like some clients in New York or Miami, um it's through zoom <laughs> so yeah yeah you have clients uh quite a ways away huh yeah <laughs> that's the power of social media <laughs> hey hell yeah retweet <laughs> <laughs> that's real as hell yeah yeah it's been cool like zoom has helped me with that for sure like now i can have people on the show like wherever mm -hmm. which is dope um Tell me about, um, so you, you also, um, you do the video editing, you do it with Lion Art Media, shout out to Laura and Bianca. Mm -hmm. um, I know those women have been killing the game with, um, with uh, video production. Um, nice seeing women in production in Milwaukee in general. So to be a part of that team as another woman, like, it's okay. nice. Yeah. How did you, uh, so um, tell me about like, working with them like what do you have to say yeah uh so i think i found out because one of my other friends who's an influencer um she sent me a dm and was like hey 
you're in Milwaukee. Do you know these people? They're looking for a video editor. And I expressed to her like that I wanted to stop doing more in production and just focus on video editing. So um, I just set my demo reel and I don't think I sent a resume. Maybe I did, but I shot them an email and she got back pretty quickly. Um, and then, yeah, so it's been nice because majority of the stuff has been, they're more documentary based, which I have been more narrative based prior mm -hmm. to and still kind of am with my commercial um, promo videos that I do. But so it's been a different hat that I've had to learn, which I really appreciate because these are like, real people, real businesses, um, but they play on the, like, the story's still there, but, like, they just ask simple stuff, and I have to kind of piece together, like, make a story out of something versus coming in with a script, and it's been a different approach to editing than I was used to, but I think there's appreciation. I think that's what's helped me with my business when it comes to brand strategy in general, um, just because just hearing how people start or why people go to their business because there's um about us videos for like websites or like some like commercial work for like uh, a fundraising event it's been kind of all over the place but it's still a documentary um and i think that's just really fascinating i like working with them uh and they just have a pretty wide range of clients too and they're pretty well connected. I know they're working on a, a full feature right now, um, individually too, for both of them. But it's just nice to have that representation um, being green, I guess, in the field and seeing how to navigate that and being able to ask those questions and talk with them and see like what gear I should buy <laughs> like, without the the pettiness that I get from Sith White Male, like, oh, well, if you don't have a Maverick, like, <laughs> Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just ask a simple question, which lends to that bad. Well, you can get the, and it's just so much, and they're just like, what well, What do you need it for? It's more, yeah. I don't know, personable? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, what, uh, what kind of camera do you currently use? This is my Sony, I'm an alpha girl. I just bought this lens like a couple days ago. Um, this is 55. This is a very large 55 to 210. This is my Alpha 6000. Anyone who's starting out, I say to get this camera um, just because it's really nice where you need both shots and whatnot. The only con to this camera is that. If you do, which I say maybe you should get the 6400, six, 6, is that how you say it? Yeah, it flips back so you can see yourself. But nine times out of 10, I'm behind the camera. Um, but I'm a Sony person all the way. I do video, so Sony for video, Canon for photos. That's how I separate it in my head. Okay, um, sure. And then Nikon, if I want more like film-like energy. But I've been with Sony for four years now and it was an accident because i remember my sophomore year at my school uh, when maya they're more canon based and uh, the tech person he was like we're all out of canons and i was going on a trip and i wanted to take a camera to vlog and he's like well we just bought these mirrorless cameras we don't really know how they work so can you like take it and chew with it and tell me how it goes 
And once I found out too, that Sony is actually iPhone cameras. Oh I yeah. Was, I was like, why? Because I've been so like, I've been such a iPhone, cam like if Apple had a camera, I guess, um, I would buy it, but it's Sony. So it's like, that makes sense. But once I knew that, cause I kept on upgrading my iPhone for the camera. That's literally the only reason why I have it. Otherwise, yeah. switch over to something else. But those been my my two bays. <laughs> oh hell yeah, that's cool that you like have your whole distinction going there. Um, I um, when, I have a Nikon. That's what I use for shooting the show in person. But obviously, I haven't touched it in about six months now. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. But um. But yeah, I, I know I still know very little about it. Like I don't really know cameras at all. Yeah. Um, maybe. <laughs> What's that? I watch a lot of YouTube. It's oh, the only sure. way I have my knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I I will definitely have to like you know enlist my photographer and videographer friends if like I do want to like step the the camera game up, you know so. Um, I might pick your brain at some point. Yeah, yeah it's um, I want to get a better setup for like, eventually, like even just with doing this over Zoom, like I want to just have a better, not just use the webcam, like have a better setup with the show itself. I'll um, send you a video because there's um, what is their 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 YouTube page is called Film Riot. I love them. They're hilarious. They've made me so much wittier, but they have a, maybe it was think media, but one of them, I'll send a video to you where you can set up your, your camera to be the main camera to your Zoom account. Oh, awesome. So that way you can still utilize your camera as like how people are looking at it and it just, you connect it to the computer. Right oh, away. dope. That's, that sounds exactly like what I'm, what would be dope to do because the Nikon only shoots 20 minute max clips. So it's always been like, I've always had to like set the timer on my phone for like, mm -hmm. uh, goes off. So it'd be nice to not have to do that anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, that's another reason why I like Sony because they shoot up to two hours. Oh, word? Yeah. Well, <laughs> gotta get some of that shit, damn. <laughs> um, so tell me about, uh, so you also DJ. <laughs> uh, and you've said it's uh it's a development not a whole lot of people know about you yet and uh, open box <laughs> events is what i don't know about what people to know <laughs> oh, i want to know it's so okay i've been a musician now for what 19 years now 18 years and I left that. Once I went to my ad, I was like, I don't want to be a part of the music scene. It's heavily drug used. Like I had a whole jazz band. I was just like, no, no, no. I didn't want the night scene, all of that. I had so many like distaste and I just didn't want to do it. Um, but I started missing it because it was my like second language and like reading music, composing, all that stuff is something that's like, I still do, but I wanted to do for me but I do enjoy like being on stage and like performing in front of people. And that's how I like got into speaking. But I, I started DJing last year because one of the main important parts of like video editing is sound mixing. And I was like, I have to 
figure out a way to enter this, especially with my music knowledge, like in a different mindset. So I like, I started, <laughs> I started mixing in Premiere, which is really weird to say, but like I would just upload songs and cut and like basically edit the audio, which I realized I probably should have did an audition, but um, yeah. And then I was like, one of my friends, when I was in the Bay Area, he had this app on his iPad. I cannot remember what it's called. I think it was like eDJing or something where you can connect your Spotify and your SoundCloud and it has turntables and everything. But it, it started because I was, I was doing a, a service learning with True School. If you don't know what True School is, it's a really cool creative arts program. Um, and one of the programs that they teach is DJing and they have like actual turntables and I tried it because the guys who's like, you can't do digital until you know how to like actually do it on turntables, which I was very thankful for. But I knew I wanted to do digital because I'm a digital person. <laughs> so I made my first like set, which I think is still on SoundCloud now that I think about it. Um, and then I like left it alone. Then I just, I, I got this uh, mini controller that I asked for for Christmas. That was like 80 bucks, maybe 90 bucks. And I started doing that in my spare time. Like whenever I was mad, I would put on headphones and just. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then it, got, do, yeah. it got to a point where I was like, I keep doing this. I need to like get paid to do this. So I didn't want to enter the scene as an independent DJ just because naturally I always like want to start doing something steadily for a year. Like I do, I practice for a year for free and then I practice for a year under a company and then I like go. Mm. And so I started with open box in January. Um, and so that's, they do weddings. And so I've been DJing at a lot of weddings and I'm like literally booked until the end of November, which is crazy to think about in this time period. But it's been nice because I get to do the mic work, which helps me with my public speaking. But then also like seeing people leave the dance floor, <laughs> it hurts, but it's like, okay, redeem yourself. And it, it, it just, it improves your quick thinking and like how to like connect with people, knowing what songs to play next. And I just feel like it's another way to, to move your brain. And I think that'll help me when it comes with video editing of knowing like what cuts are important and like when I should bring in the music and all of that. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's, I've interviewed a couple of DJs on the show and yeah, I mean, I think it's a very like, a lot of people just like from a spectator's point of view don't really like understand just how crafty it really can be um and like yeah like kind of learning you know reading crowds following your instincts and uh, just having like creative sets i mean yeah that can be a it it is something that you know definitely takes a puts in takes a lot of hours put in to get the hang of yeah yeah <laughs> yeah when i don't practice for a little bit and then i have a, a event coming up i'm like well like i need to be doing this religiously every week because you got to keep the groove going yeah <laughs> yeah totally so um do you have a dj name yet oh <laughs> and that's why i haven't been talking about it that much because that's always the first question like DJG is too simple and too predictable. I want to do something. I remember when I was younger because my mom, I used to, <laughs> I used to tell her 
that my DJ name was going to be um, Yo-Yo Ma, I think it was. <laughs> but I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I can't do that. <laughs> it was already an, it was an, already an artist that was called that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. She's like, okay. Then I was like, Yo-Yo Chang, and I was like, just stop. Like, and I just haven't, I feel like it's going to come to me, like, once I figure out what my style is. Cause right now I'm just getting used to like the setup and breakdown and like just the the motion of going to somewhere, figuring out where to be, all that stuff, the technical stuff. And then I feel like once I, which I'm like getting more grounded in, um, then I can go into like, okay, what's my, what's my style in this yeah, field? Totally. So, right do you think you'd ever pick up like physical playing like in the music scene? Do you think you'd ever do that again? Yeah, I ended up doing um, a show. Oh, man. What was their name? I did a show at the past <laughs> last year um, with this really big band, and now it's escaping me. Um, yes, but it was this. Oh, man. I cannot remember their name. But I, I do pick up the bass every now and then. Like, people. I still am connected with a lot of musicians and people who have like been on tour and whatnot. And they ask me when they don't have a bass player, like, can you, can you please come in? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like my one performance of the year. Hell yeah. Hey, so, <laughs> um, that's really dope. Um, well, good for you. I mean, sounds like you just have a lot, of, you're interested in a lot of things and you've put in a lot of work to, you know, become like, well-rounded in all of these things and that's really awesome and uh I think that you have a really great I mean you obviously have a great work ethic but you also have a great vision so yeah I uh look forward to seeing what you keep doing um it'll be a lot of pages to tag uh in this episode <laughs> <I know that>. yeah <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> well thank you so much Nadina um this was, it's fun getting to know you. Um, and uh, yeah, I will definitely hope to see you, keep seeing you uh, around in the scene and uh, let me know if there's anything I can do to support you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, as we're closing out here, um, tell me what keeps you up at night. Oh, time trouble. <laughs> I... I'm such a sucker for time travel. I studied it one semester and I think I might end up, I don't know what major it would be, maybe like physics. Um, but I think about parallel universes and time travel a lot. And if I will have the honor to be a part of that. <laughs> and so I think that's why I am in filmmaking because that's a way to time travel. Um, but yeah, I think about parallel universes and, you know, free will, fate. If I didn't talk to you today, what would I have been doing? And how would I have impacted my life? And... Yeah, the, the mechanisms of the universe uh, unfolding. Yeah. I, I think heavily on that too. I follow a lot of subreddits about that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, because I was talking with my aunt because she loves time travel too. And we were like, what if COVID is a reaction to someone changing our timeline? And I was like, oh 
my God. And since then, I have not stopped thinking about it. Like, at all. <laughs> yeah, no, that shit literally will, you know, keep people holed up and in their in their homes and no one people won't see much of them anymore that shit can be really dark and it can be it can induce a lot of paranoia so i get that um well on the other note what puts you to sleep (laughs) um affirmations and uh i don't know I've been reading about sleep. My the book that I'm reading right now is Why We Sleep. And it's like, it's like a Bible. I want to make a film about it, honestly, because this guy who wrote it, he like studied sleep his whole life. And it has every page, no, every paragraph has gems. Like you don't realize that your whole life is based off of sleep mm-hmm. and how everything sleeps and how once again, these micro decisions influences how you sleep. Like, for example, I'm going to give you one of the gems. Your parents, like, it's your, the time of day in which you wake up, like being a morning bird or a night owl, it's genetic. And so it's passed down. Obviously, because if your parents are morning people, you'll wake up in the morning, so your body's like this. But that's why if you're a morning person, your mom is a morning person, your dad is a night person, you might be a midday person. If you take a nine to five, you're gonna struggle for the rest of your life because you're supposed to be a midday person and you're working a job that requires you to wake up at a time when your brain is not supposed to be up. And it's yeah. like functioning that way. So it's just, it's, uh, it's just so good. And like, I, I read that to sleep, even though I wanna stay up, but like, it's overwhelming. So then it puts me to sleep. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's, that's, that is like, that would make sense, but the environmental factors, genetic factors, yeah, they all matter. And I started uh, keeping a dream journal mm-hmm. uh, in the last couple of months. Um, just writing down just all the whack shit that goes on <laughs> here when uh, I'm sleeping. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do with like the ideas and the imagery that I jot down, but I feel like I'm gonna do something with it someday. Um, nice. Yeah but we'll see what happens. Well, thank you. All natural G, <laughs> AKA Nadina, uh, for uh, being on the show and sharing about your work. Um, you are killing it right now. Um, your creative people should know. And uh, yeah, uh, for everyone watching, I'll be tagging all of the, 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 the gaining visuals, the, um, you know, line art media, so everyone can check them out. So thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs> All right.